Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your number one destination for sports news analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Fuyu and Yang Guang. Thank you guys so much for joining me once again. And today, we will be chatting about the overall sports development of Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, in the last year or so, has unveiled a raft of measures aimed at boosting sports development in the wake of their 2020 Olympics success stories, which includes the construction of new stadiums and facilities, as well as investing money into sports science and development. So very exciting sporting news coming out of Hong Kong. And first, I'd like to begin with a trend that we've been seeing in terms of Hong Kong sports exchange with the Chinese mainland. And for you, I'll start with you. What can you tell me about this sports exchange? Do you think this is a positive move for both parties and would you say that the Chinese mainland has played a key role in the recent success of Hong Kong sporting improvement? Um, yes, definitely. Actually, the exchanges on the sports level uh, has only been intensifying since Hong Kong's return to China in 1997. And the most recent exchange was at the Beijing Winter Olympic Games. Actually, the flag bearer for the Hong Kong delegation at the opening ceremony was a short track speed skater who used to train on the Chinese mainland. Um, Sydney Chu was the only ice sports participant from Hong Kong at Beijing 2022, and he took part in the preliminaries of men's 500 meter. He uh, didn't win the medal at the Olympics, but his participation was an important step for Hong Kong, which has a warm climate and doesn't have many venues for winter sports. Um, this this athlete, Sydney Chu, tra- trained in the northeastern part of the Chinese mainland where there's cold temperatures and abundant ice and snow. It's the place that has the best winter resources in China. So anyone, if anyone wants to uh, step up their winter sports game, the northeastern part of the mainland is the right place to come. Mm-hmm. Um, the the training while training there uh true not only sharpens his skills he also picked up the dialect <laughs> that people speak in that part of china which made him very popular and gained a lot of fans on the mainland um so that was as close as recent as this year and also uh, at the end of last year, a delegation of mainland athletes visited Hong Kong. Um, they are mainly participants of Tokyo 2020, and mm. uh, athletes included star sprinter Su Bing Tian, and there are also ping pong players and gymnasts from the mainland. Um, all these exchanges will help people on both sides to learn about what their peers are doing. And uh, since 1997, over the past 25 years, the mainland's support made it possible for Hong Kong to participate in national and international level competitions. Hong Kong athletes, uh, such as Sydney Chu, has access to a lot more venues, facilities, and high-quality coaches and all sorts of resources, which allow them to compete on a bigger stage. So that's definitely a win-win 
from the perspectives of both the mainland and Hong Kong. And right. uh, also, there are a lot of a lot more things that the two sides can do together. For example, Hong Kong is co-hosting the national games with other cities in the Greater Bay Area in 2025, and this is. Obviously, another example of Hong Kong better integrating into China's overall development plan. Right. So it seems like it's definitely going to benefit Hong Kong not just in the interim, but going forward into the future as well. This exchange between the Chinese mainland and Hong Kong, and I think that what's very exciting about it is that it's going to give so many, you know, athletes and teams、um, the opportunity just to get access to amazing, you know. Experience and training facilities, and will also just put Hong Kong on the map in terms of the international stage as well.、Um, Yang Guang, would you agree with、um, Fuyu's sentiments? Do you think that、um, you know it's going to benefit both parties, the sporting exchange, and do you think that the Chinese mainland has played a key role、um, in the recent success of Hong Kong sporting improvements and also just their Overall sporting development. That's、um, you know a, a couple of the points that Fuyu touched on earlier. Absolutely, and I think the benefits would be on the Hong Kong side even more.、Uh, my first impression in terms of、um, the sports exchanges、uh, between Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland is、um, again, as、uh, Fuyu mentioned, the Olympic delegation visit to Hong Kong after every. Olympic Games, and it seems, it seems like it has been a tradition that Chinese Olympic delegation has kept the、um, mainland has sent a de- delegation of Olympic medalists to Hong Kong for sport and the people-to-people exchanges after each of the Summer Olympics since the return of the Special、um, Administrative Region to China in 1997. It's If you think about it, it's a actually a very positive way to let Hong Kong athletes to know more about the top athletes from the mainland,、um, mm. who have、mm. a lot of inspiring stories to tell. They would make an example for Hong Kong athletes, even those amateur sportsmen or women,、um, in terms of、yeah. how to be a better self, how to raise your level of sporting skills. I get、um, what you're saying there. I think you know, of course, beyond the general, you know, sporting improvements and like new facilities and training and that kind of thing. What you're saying there really makes sense. Just that exchange of information and knowledge and experience、mm-hmm. between, you know, really professional, highly experienced Chinese mainland athletes. Them taking that knowledge and passing it on, like you said, to even amateur Hong Kong athletes, it will benefit them so much.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's you know something that we didn't haven't really touched on yet is that information exchange. So yes, please continue. I I completely agree. <laughs> it's so, it's so important. Yeah,、um, I mean it's a, it's a very special bond between Hong Kong people and、um, mainland people in the name of sports, giving Hong Kong residents a, a window to know about the Chinese mainland sports development and、um, a chance to acknowledge the compatriots. Um, achievement on the highest sporting stage in the, in the world. I think it's a great move for both sides. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And just in terms of, you know, there's there, there are so many developments. Like you've just touched on now, there is of course the benefit of the exchange of information and training and knowledge and experience. All of that kind of interpersonal exchange is super important. But there's also a lot of development in terms of facilities and sports science and. You know, money being invested into Hong Kong sports in terms of 
these numerous developments that are happening in Hong Kong, which would you say is the most exciting for you if you had to pick out one or two standout developments that are happening right now? For me, I'm still impressed with the talents the mainland、um, has. What's the word? Exported to Hong Kong.、Mm. And、um, I'm particularly glad to see that the sports exchanges between Hong Kong and mainland has been、uh, broadened and deepened.、Um, Hong Kong's recent success in sports cannot be achieved without support from the mainland.、Uh, one of the most、um, direct influence influences is that the mainland continues to send high quality athletes and coaches to Hong Kong.、Uh, for、yes. example. Uh, based on my research, and at the 2004 Athens Olympic Games, Li Jin and Kolei Chek won the silver medal in the men's table tennis doubles event. That's the first Olympic podium appearance for Hong Kong since its return to China. Actually, those two paddlers were from Guangdong Province. Other notable、uh, mainland athletes who have moved to Hong Kong include. Former Hunan table tennis player Tia Yanan, actually she's very famous, who has won multiple world championships and a gold medal at the Asian Games. Wang Chen, a former Shanghai player, won the women's singles title at the Asian Badminton Championships three times. Hu Yun, the former Wuhan badminton player, has made the top four in multiple international tournaments. We can also find many coaches from the mainland in Hong Kong sports teams.、Uh, Shen Jin Kang, the head coach of the Hong Kong cycling team, used to be a famous cyclist himself on the mainland, and he was actually dispatched to take the coaching role in Hong Kong in 1994. He has cultivated many world-class athletes since. Hong Kong is now one of the top racing teams in Asia, thanks to his contribution. These are just some cases of the mainland exporting sports talents to Hong Kong.、Um, in addition, Hong Kong sports education has also maintained close exchanges with the mainland in elite training.、Right. Hong Kong athletes in various sports such as um, cycling, um, gymnastics, fencing, table tennis often train together with top athletes from the mainland. Actually,、um, I, I think the Beijing Sports University has specially launched a five-year bachelor program in sports training education just for Hong Kong athletes. That's a special、right. treat. And for you, just touching on what Yang Guang just finished off with there, in terms of the sporting development in Hong Kong, of course, we are seeing the exchange with.、Um, You know, mainland Chinese athletes going over to to Hong Kong and really improving the overall status of Hong Kong sport. But like、um, Yang Guang was saying earlier, there's a lot of there's a major push in terms of of development and sports education and the exchange of sports knowledge that will really benefit not just current athletes that are performing, you know, at a a high performance level or at a professional level, but of course some of the young athletes that will be coming through and will be the future. Of Hong Kong and Chinese sports, do you think that that is going to be greatly beneficial going into the future? That that development of、um, you know sports education and investing in the 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 young and up and coming athletes. Mm, yeah, definitely.、Um, not only in Hong Kong, a lot of the athletes on the mainland.、Um, uh, if I can use the word graduation after they、uh, they when. 
achievements in their sport, a lot of them move on to pursue their academic career at prestigious schools on the Chinese mainland. And uh, since the exchanges, exchange programs are so, there are so many programs between the mainland and Hong Kong. Um, their their peers, their counterparts from Hong Kong can also enjoy the uh, education and. Um, they also get the same access to the all the information that their peers on the mainland have been receiving. So it's um, yeah, I think the programs are very important for the young generation. Um, probably even before they actually started training for their sport, it's important for them to know about the history and the development of the sport. Uh, now not only on the mainland and Hong Kong, but uh, in China as a whole, because that background information will will serve them and give them a better understanding or more knowledge about where they are at. And uh, I believe it'll be really helpful for their future training or competition in the international arena. Absolutely. I think going beyond just, you know, of course, you know, sports education and sports development and training young athletes, I think, you know, as we touched on earlier, that exchange of information and experience is so vital. I think if you, I mean, you can kind of apply it to any sport, you know, when you think of in football, when you think of senior professionals, like if you look at um, Real Madrid, for example, you know, people like Luka Modric and Tony Cruz passing on information to the likes of Vinicius Jr. and uh, Kamavinga and young players coming through. Of course, these young athletes are super talented, but to have that added, you know, added benefit of, you know, learning from experienced professionals and getting that experience and knowledge early on, I think that's, you know, vital in a young athlete's development. And that seems to be something that we are seeing in Hong Kong right now. Just Yang Guang, in terms of, um, you know, we've been seeing really impressive performances from Hong Kong athletes. And of course, most recently um, at Tokyo 2020, we saw some really impressive um, performances from certain Hong Kong athletes. Can you think of any standout performances for, uh, from your side? Um, yeah, for Hong Kong, Tokyo 2020 was absolute, absolutely a fairytale um, run for them. And the most impressive moment for me um, is when um, Hong Kong won the gold medal through fencing. Um, Chan Ka Long won the men's individual foil title. Uh, that represented Hong Kong's first Olympic gold in 25 years. It's also the first Amazing. gold medal won by a male athlete from Hong Kong. And Hong Kong's first gold medal in fencing. So, so many records being uh, made last year um it's um to recap the chance gold medal journey it's a dream run for him he defeated the world champion alencio Faulkner in the round of 16 and a couple of top 10 players to reach the final uh, where he faced the reigning olympic champion daniel garazzo um he was once 4-1 down, but managed to make the comeback, winning 15-11. to um, By the way, just months later, he proved himself once again by winning the foil gold again at the World Cup in Paris. He's now the world number one in the discipline. Um, it's also worth noting that um, Chang's former coach, uh, Wang Changyong, and uh, current coach, um, Chen Si Hong, 
of the Hong Kong fencing team are both from the mainland, actually. Right. And I think something that's been really great just for fencing also is that in Hong Kong, a new fencing stadium is among some of their sports projects that are, you know, kind of being uh, expedited following the Olympic success of the athletes, you know, some of the athletes that you mentioned. So I think that's also really great to see, you know, um, it's 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 all good and well to have successful athletes at, at an event like, um, you know, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. But then I think the fact that they are then rewarding that by building new stadiums and, you know, investing into, you know, the development of that sport. I think that's really fantastic to see. And then um, for you, any standout performances from Hong Kong at Tokyo 2020 that uh, you can think of? Mm, well, uh, before I get to that, just to follow up on what you said about there uh, being a new fencing stadium being built in Hong Kong, it just shows uh, the effect of a successful whether it's an athlete, a player, or even a sport, uh, it's it's amazing what they can bring to an a, a region or to a country. Just like uh, the successful bid for the Winter Olympics fans, Chinese people's passion for winter sports, the success of a fencer from Hong Kong uh, is also pushing forward the development of that sport in the special administrative region. And the uh, speed skater that I mentioned also said as as a pioneer in short track speed skating in Hong Kong, he wants to bring uh, skating, he wants to bring winter sports to the region. So uh, I'm very optimistic about the development of sports in Hong Kong with these Mm. young people leading the way, uh, I believe there will be many more athletes who will only better the result, Hong Kong's result from Tokyo and just, 2020. Just, just and touching on that point for you, before you move on to your favorite athletes, sure. you know, from Hong Kong for Tokyo 2020, I think what's also good about, you know, rewarding athletes for performances, well, not necessarily rewarding the athletes themselves, but rewarding the development of the sport. Mm-hmm. I think it also adds extra motivation to the athletes. So, for example, if you're a, a table tennis player that's playing at a major tournament and you think, wow, if I, if, if I win a gold medal or perform really well for Hong Kong or for, for China, then that could see the development of my sport in my country and we could have new stadiums, more funding, you know, the development of young people. So it's kind of a win-win because with the success of that sport, then, you know, the relevant authorities then invest in the development of that sport. And I think that will, you know, that benefits the overall sporting development as well, which I think is really fantastic to see, like we just mentioned um, with the fencing. Mm. Yeah, and also um, I I would like to mention Chen Kalong as the most impressive athlete from Hong Kong at Tokyo 2020. Although the whole Hong Kong team did very well and was very impressive at the Olympics, um, they at first I it's hard to believe that they had to wait over 20 years for this gold medal from fencing. And even before that, the only gold medal for Hong Kong was from 1996, and that was in sailing. Um, At Tokyo 2020, they won one gold medal, two silver, and three bronze medals, which is their best finish at the Olympic Games. Um, Like uh, like we we've been discussing under more intensive sports exchanges between the mainland and and Hong Kong, uh, I believe future athletes 
um, will achieve better results and win more competitions, perhaps even beyond the Olympic Games. Uh, if they can do so well at the Olympics, there's reason to believe that Hong Kong athletes can also excel um, in any sport anywhere. Absolutely. I think, you know, just the Tokyo 2020 Games was a huge kind of milestone for Hong Kong sports because it was a great venue or kind of event where they could showcase their talent. And I think that will be the Kickstarter for future success for Hong Kong sports and also just future development in Hong Kong sport, which is really great. And just kind of touching on that, Yang Guang, in terms of the future um, of the sports exchange between Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland that we've already said has really benefited both parties, but particularly Hong Kong, what do you think the future holds for this exchange? Do you think what would be the end goal um, for both parties? And do you think that we're going to see increased um, sports exchange between Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland? Um, I believe the bridge will be more wide open for Hong Kong and mainland in sports because I'm very optimistic um, that people to people exchanges between uh, the two will be more convenient and uh, enhanced in the future. I believe more Hong Kongers will acknowledge the development of the mainland and uh, it's the foundation for people to have more communication in sports. Um, and um, I have no doubt that uh, the sports exchanges will further, you know, further Hong Kong's sports um, trajectory um they have already made some remarkable achievements at tokyo 2020 and I, I think the exchanges will further their um development in different kinds of uh, disciplines of sports at the next and the following um, olympics absolutely yeah. and for you Hong just Hong. from your side what do you think um you know what do you think about this what do you think the future holds and what do you think is the overall goal for both hong kong and the chinese mainland going forward um i, ju I just wanted to touch on uh, what yang guang said uh, hong kong has been known as a world financial hub and uh, the development of sports in the region is often overlooked but um, after our discussion, when I did my research, um, I discovered that there's actually so many aspects about Hong Kong sports that has vast potential. And uh, athletes there uh, can all achieve a lot more than what people are already seeing. So the uh, development of sports in Hong Kong definitely has a bright future and and I think now it's time for the world to also pay attention to Hong Kong when it comes to sport because um, there are emer emerging athletes and a lot of the traditional sports that are popular in Hong Kong are still thriving. So, yeah, exciting future for sports in Hong Kong. Yeah, and I think another aspect of um, the ex sports exchanges between the two sides is that... Um, it will broaden the vision um, of sports for Hong Kongers. Previously, perhaps people would only watch football or horse races in Hong Kong. But um, especially after Hong Kong returned to China in 1997, more non-football sports were introduced. And uh, 
people started to try different events like table tennis, badminton, fencing, swimming, and and in winter sports, as、uh, Fu Yu mentioned, Hong Kongers have started to train on ice events. It's incredible.、Um, I mean, the Chinese mainland may not play a decisive role in guiding the sports development in Hong Kong,、um, but certainly the success of some mainland sportsmen and women did have a A great deal of influence on Hong Kong athletes, and it has yielded some positive outcomes.、Um, for example, in Tokyo 2020. Absolutely. Hopefully, we can see this exchange, you know, grow and expand into the future, and continue the increased success in Hong Kong and both the Chinese mainland in terms of sports success and sports development as well. Well, with that, that is all we have time for in this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will meet up again next week when we broadcast our next episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much. Take care.